Does Hashem change His mind? The answer, based on a Rashi at the end of Parashas Bereshis, may surprise us. In Sim from the Haintaka Sedesh, Stoltzachashev Kini Chamti Kiasisim, at the end of the parish, where Hashem sees, so to speak, the degradation of human society, and Hashem says, Kini Chamti, we'll see what that word means, that I've made humans. Rashi quotes that line in his Mephorish, and Rashi explains it means as follows, Choshafti Malasos, that Hashem says, I was thinking, what should I do, Allah Sherasisim, about the fact that I created these people? Now, as an indemnit fashtandik, there are a few things about this that really don't seem to make sense. Number one, Aleph, Devod Nichamti, that word Nichamti, Atem Pashas Nebadait from Charota, typically means regret, remorse. And therefore, Vod Lecha'eru Gedavzayin, the Pirush Apostrophe Nichamti Kiasisim, Rashi, whose job is to teach us the simplest interpretation, should have given us the simplest interpretation of Ki Nichamti, to mean, Ich Hob Charota Gehatev Dem, Vosichob Zegimacht, that the Ebrisha should say, I, re- I regret the fact that I made them, these humans. And if you think that that's not the pshat, consider this: the translation of the Torah in Aramaic, not just the targum Yonason ben Uziel, which is sometimes a little bit more abstract in his commentary. No, the targum Unkelus was Pirish is al pshat, but even the translation of Unkelus, which is very literal, is vikumtes. They they explain what then ichamti means regret. So how then is it possible that Rashi, whose objective is to give us the simplest translation of what the Torah is speaking about, then does not use the simplest explanation of the word Nichamti to mean remorse. Instead, he says, that David was saying, I was thinking what I should do, that I made the humans. Why not just translate it simply? Especially when you consider the second point, which is Rashi has already told us multiple times that that's actually what the word Nechamti means. Base. Apostolic Freer. One Apostolic earlier, Where Debesha says, so to speak, that he was saddened by the state of humanity. Get Rashi There Rashi tells us not just an interpretation of a word, but a general principle about that word. Any time a variant of that word Nechom is used in the scripture. It always means consideration of what to do. And it always means a regret of the previous way of thinking and thinking of things in a new, fresh way. I.e., Nichol means regret. Here Rashi tells us clearly, throughout the entire Tanakh, any time this word Nichum is employed, it means changing course, shifting gears, because obviously you're not satisfied with how you thought before. We call that regret. So, following that logic, here in this pasuk nichamti should have mean I regret having made them. Why does Rashi give a different explanation? I was thinking what I should do about the fact that I created them. Okay, <coughs> well, attempt an answer. It's not going to work. Rashi doesn't want to tell us that Debesha regretted something because he's worried about the philosophical repercussions of such a comment. Because even a child who's now learning Chumash understands that Hashem doesn't make mistakes and therefore doesn't have regrets. The Pasuk says that Debesha is not like a human who <coughs> sometimes behaves in a way that is not with integrity and doesn't have regret. Maybe that's the reason why here Rashi who's speaking to an audience of people who understand things at a basic level they 
have to be told that there's no regret. Rather, Hashem is thinking about how to, so to speak, deal with the issue. Maybe that's the answer. Thing is, that leaves us with a gaping question. Hashem, but the previous Pasuk also speaks about Hashem being sanded at the state of humanity and having regret. And there Rashi was very comfortable to say that the word actually means that Hashem had regret. So it cannot be that Rashi is worried about the philosophical fallout of us thinking that Hashem has regrets. Let's actually look at some of the examples that Rashi quotes to tell us what the word of Nichum means. One of the proofs is that Pasuk itself. Rashi doesn't quote that first part of the Pasuk, but that Ebeshte is not like a human who has regrets. And yet, even against that background, Rashi translates the word Nichum there and as a klal throughout the whole of Tanakh as regret. So therefore, whatever the reason is, it clearly does not bother Rashi from a philosophical perspective that somebody might now have this quandary, how can Hashem have regrets? And you can use the same example by looking at other, the, the same reasoning by looking at some of the other examples that Rashi quotes as well. For example, that he changes his mind about his servants, that Abisha regretted the negative that he had thought, so to speak, against the Jewish people after they get Azov, that he regretted making Shaul a king. Even though all of those psukim are speaking about the Ebesh's so-called perspective or state of mind, still Rashi is very comfortable to say they all mean changing gears, thinking differently. Back to our original question, why suddenly when it comes to which should easily translate as I regret having made them, Rashi says, no, that's not what it means. It means I was thinking about what to do since I've made them. And one other perspective to the question, Gimel, the way that Rashi has framed this actually throws the word ki into question. The way Rashi is translated, what does it mean? I was thinking what to do because I made them. You would think that the word key is providing the reason. Whatever nichamti means, we would have thought it meant, it meant regret. Rashi is telling us it means I was thinking about how to deal with this. Key. Why am I thinking this way? Key asisim. Because I made them. That's not the reason to think about what to do. Nichamti chav gitracht vosuton key alasher vile verbald asisim. I'm thinking what I should do because I made them. Surely the more simple reason of why Hashem is so-called rethinking the whole thing is not because He made them, it's because of they, their terrible behavior. That's why surely they is thinking. Because they've transgressed. So they is so to speak considering how to respond to this. The way Rashi's proposed it, why is Asisim? Because I made them, therefore I'm thinking what I should do with them. In order to understand this, 
this word nichamti is going to be a, a little similar to, or at least lead us to another word, which is what David promises he'll never do again after the flood. And let's look how Rashi explains that, because it's also quite intriguing, even though it's not in this week's parasha necessarily. So let's go back to something Rashi said on this Pasuk itself. And what Rashi says about this is not necessarily Pshat. So Rashi says, in, in fact, in this parasha, the, the impact is going to be next week's parasha. So David says, because of the way that people have behaved, behaved emche. Now, what does that word emche mean? Says Rashi, Zok Rashi, who offer. The basic component of humans is that they were made out of the dust, out of the earth. Therefore, I'm going to pour water, a flood, over those humans. And that will, so to speak, erase them. That's why Rashi says the word is emche, not to kill or something to obliterate, but dafke emche because it's the dissolution of human beings through water. Now, the poshta taich from emche is, if you look anywhere else in Tanakh, the simplest way to translate the word emche, because it does appear elsewhere, and we'll see in a moment, Amalek, of course, being a great example, is op mekin, means to erase. Right, the two expressions, either what Abish is going to do to Amalek or what we have to do to Amalek, which is totally erase them. There's no question about it when we're talking in the context of Amalek. We know that the word Emche is not specifically water related. It is so clear to us in the context of Amalek that the word Emche means to completely erase as Rashi Taichas not need up that Rashi doesn't have to come, comment and explain. But as Fodot Gornikain Pirish doesn't need an explanation. By Emche Odom, now the same word Emche, which is so obvious in the context of Amalek that it means to erase completely, now in this context, pre the flood, Mus Rashi Meforishan. First point is Rashi has to explain it. Second point is, the way he explains it is in such an unexpected way. That I'll pour water over him and they will dissolve him. Why is that the explanation? The answer is context. When we continue the story as it goes into next week's parasha, which is obviously about the actual flood itself. We know, obviously, that Abishta told Noach he should construct a Teva, in which he would take his immediate family, his wife, his sons, and their wives, and as well as representation of every species of living creature. Why did they go, go into the Teva? To escape the flood. Naturally, if Abishta is creating a lifeboat, then we cannot imagine that the word emche means to completely erase. Because these people won't be erased. Das heißt vollständig obwischen. Normally the word emche means complete eradication. Von der Welt. Which would include humans, animals, creeping creatures, birds. Because the plan is actually not to eradicate everybody. Here are... The survivors, they're going to go into the, uh, in, into the capsule and they, they're going to be protected. Truth is, we don't even have to wait till next week's parasha. In Unza Sedra Gufa, already in our parasha, in Posuk Vaita, one Posuk after Vebisha, so to speak, exhibits or expresses this regret over humanity, 
Immediately we're told, but there's an exception. Noach finds grace and favor in Hashem's eyes. So actually, already in this week's parasha, we understand that the word emche never intended to express total annihilation of the whole of humanity. Because Noach is not included in the emche, because he finds favor in Hashem's eyes. So in context, we immediately know the word emche cannot mean absolute eradication. Und in Emerson, darf man Gott zu nicht umkehren, ja, viele von weiten Dingen Possuk. Truth is, we don't even need a Possuk to prove this to us. Because we're here, right? Lernen durch den Possuk gut verbessern, set für sich eine Welt mit Menschen und alle Barechaim. We're reading that Ebesha says, Emches Adam. But we are reading it. That means not everybody was destroyed. And we look around and there's still animals and creepy crawlies and birds. That's immediately apparent to us that Abish does call to erase. Did not, definitely did not mean total eradication of every living thing. So in the context of the flood, the word emche cannot mean the same as in the context of Amalek, where yes, the intention is annihilation of everybody. Therefore, Rashi has to explain over here that Emche is a different meaning. I want a whole lot of them, or a segment of the population, to be eradicated by water, dissolved in water. And then there's no surprise or contradiction in the fact that Noach and his company survive. The, the, what the Ebishter was designing was not complete eradication of all life, but rather a dissolution of the current society. And the method was through water. Therefore, So who is susceptible? Who is vulnerable? Who gets destroyed? Whoever's in the water. But those who are in the uh, life capsule, Bashit's full mind protected from the water. The Ebishter's decree doesn't affect them and they survive and they're good. They're whole. Context is what helps us to understand the difference between Emche in the case of the flood and Emche in the case of Amalek. And that will help us to understand why Rashi in the context of the flood cannot see the word Nichamti as regret but rather Rashi insists that it means a rethinking. How should I, so to speak, deal with this? Therefore, using the same logic we've just applied, there's Noach and extended family who survive, is indicates clearly that the did not regret the whole creation of humanity. Because if had regretted the creation of all humans, none of them would have survived. In fact, not only the humans, but all creations. So the same logic that the word emche cannot mean total annihilation is the same logic Rashi uses to say that nichamti cannot mean absolute regret. You told me, Rashi, you told me that nichum always means regret. 
Und also nichts steht zum Klavus Aschot Friedrich gebracht. It's not in contrast to the axiom Rashi Torahs that that every time the word Nichom is used it means I'm reconsidering what to do and I have a new thought process because I reject and re regret the previous thought process because the word Nichamti does mean reconsideration it is actually a rethinking and a different almost regretted regretful thought process but here's the key it's a regret thought it's not the regret of creating human beings right now that might sound really subtle and abstract but you'll see in a moment that it's a very significant difference okay so to understand this let's just analyze for a second so the fact that Noyach survives with his family means that David does not regret creating humans we could ask, how can we be sure? survived. That forces Rashi to say, that Nichamti does not mean that Abisha regretted creating humans against the cloud that it's usually in the meaning of the word. Rashi translates on the preceding Pasuk where Hashem is saddened and regrets making humans Rashi does say that it was regret and the Ibishta switched channels so to speak to a more um, strict and discerning perspective or we could ask the same question on the previous Pasuk. Let's assume we take the, the previous Pasuk at face value and the Ebishter did regret creating people. How come there's still people? Just to look at this more technically, what is the practical difference? What's the difference between this Pasuk where the Ebishter is saying, I was Menachem, or I had Nichum, and that Pasuk that says Hashem was in the same position. That in the previous Pasuk, it is regret, according to Rashi. Whereas in this Pasuk, it is specifically not regret, it's a rethinking. The key is the words, again, context. What did the previous Pasuk say? That Abisha was saddened, so to speak, in his heart, which means in Dasleinter. That means that the previous Pasuk is at a stage where there is not yet a stated Gezeira, a decree, because once the decree is made, it's real. This is Eliboy, an internal process, so to speak. Now, vegans I machshavet as if we're speaking about Abish's thought. As if you could imagine Abish thinking internally. And Rashi does in look at Rashi's periods. hear the words. The words are words of thought. His thought process changed. A new thought, so to speak, entered. It's another thought process. Because the regret we're talking about is at the thought level. Now, Debesha's thought is fundamentally different to ours. It's not like you regret something. It's not real regret. It means at a deeper, a deeper aloof dimension of godliness, there is the possibility of considering that maybe humans did not deserve to exist. 
Is kashenit vavosis asayni given imperial mamish, but there's no question why that didn't actually turn into the fact the annihilation of all beings. The entire process remained reserved to that aloof, distant world of thought that has no bearing on our actual lives. Whereas Rashi is looking at our Pasuk that says, Now the Abish is speaking. He's actually stating a decree. That means the Abish is now making a real decree that will have real impact on real people. On the if the Ebishter makes a decree, it has to happen. So there's no way, knowing now as we do, that we survived this, there's no way that the decree, which had to be fulfilled, was a complete annihilation decree. And therefore, the regret couldn't have been real. I've regretted making them, therefore I'm getting rid of them. It was a so-called thought process. And that's the key that Rashi is telling us. There's Olam HaMachshava and Olam HaDibur. In Abish's world, there are multiple, perhaps infinite thoughts that can occur that have no actual impact on how our world exists. Once it's turned into words, words create. When Abish just says, I will now emche, well, we've got to understand what emche means because something had to have happened. What happened? Not the annihilation of all of humanity, all of life, but of that particularly bad generation. So now we can see that the Abish's words, I will destroy, the Abish had now toned down the decree from how it appeared in the world of absolute machshava, thinking about things, so to speak, in their most pristine form. At the machshava level, there is a thought of regret. Meaning to say that there is a thought that says humans shouldn't exist. And neither should animals. They then modified that into which is a specific type of attack through water that will only affect the segment of population that is exposed to the water. And that would protect Noach and his family and his animals from being affected by this Gezerah. What made that, so to speak, lightening or lessening of the decree? If the original thought was so negative about all of humanity. That's what Rashi tells us. Because I made them, that's why I'm going to go, so to speak, easier on them. I had to, so to speak, consider what to do with them because they're my product. Because I made them, it's my, so to speak, responsibility to sustain them. I made them, therefore I value them, therefore I have to help them to be able to survive even when they don't necessarily deserve to. And therefore only a segment of the population is destroyed in this method through water. Which helps us to understand what Rashi translates here, the word Nichamti as I was thinking what to do, is doesn't contradict his axiom that the word Nicham always means a different thought process, 
Here also the expression includes the thought process of regret. Not regretting having made the people. But it's regretting the thought process to have collective punishment that is completely undiscriminating against everybody. And that's going to teach us two really important lessons about how we should deal with other people. The Pirisha Rashi of Kinyichamti is in terms of the way that Rashi is explaining this Pasuk has a great lesson for us in how we serve the Ebishter. Because as we've learned, Rashi makes it clear to us that what is regretted in this Pasuk is not the creation of people, rather the harsh response to people. And the reason is because previously it was just what the Ebishter was thinking and there is scope and room for the thought process to feel that humans have let him down. As opposed to Vayoymer, the actual decree where there's no longer that possibility. The, the minute Abisha says something, it has to happen. And what has to happen cannot be the destruction and devastation of everybody. On Dos is a hero, which has a lesson for us. Then no matter what's going through our minds, how careful we have to be not to let that turn into words. So the Abisha had a machshava, which was really harsh, but when it comes to Vayoymer, it's no longer as harsh. Lesson for us. Because Tzadikim, oh, and by the way, Tzadikim includes all of us because the Pasuk says we are all Tzadikim. And we are doing similar in that way to our Creator. When we speak, it has an impact. When the Abisha speaks, it creates. When we speak, it also creates realities. So we have to be so absolutely cautious not to let slip a negative word about somebody else. Because our words can harm. If we're thinking negatively about another person, but it's in the realm of thought, it's a very serious and a transgression and it's something which infects our brain. It's not going to affect the person. What's going on in our minds will, will affect the person, obviously, because we'll obviously treat them in a particular way or see them in a particular way, but won't have so much impact. But when you start sharing words, we actually say things about people, others suffer for that. And that's why the Gemara tells us, very famous Gemara, that Loshen Tlisoi Kotl Tlisoi that the Lashon Hora kills three different people. As Lashon Hora brings to him Greek like Vala Dry, I mean, it brings uh, misfortune to three different people. Need Loisef and Det Sailor Unheader goes without saying the person telling the Lashon Hora is in a bad space. The person listening and facilitating the Lashon Hora is in a bad place. The Chidish is not Echefem and Meret, the person who is the subject of the conversation is harmed through the Lashon Hora. We'll say, doesn't make sense. The two protagonists who are telling and hearing the Lashon Hara, they obviously have done something which is forbidden. But what did the third person do? He's an, so to speak, innocent bystander. The nature and impact of speech is 
Speech reveals what was hidden inside. I had an idea, you didn't know about it, now I've told you. I was feeling a particular way, you had no idea, now I've told you. That's what speech does. It reveals what's previously hidden. As long as we're not speaking about the negative that actually exists in the other person. I feel Because that's the definition of Russian horror. It's true. The person is in a bad space. As long as we haven't shared it, their demons are internal and hidden. On Debesh is doch Amari Chaf. Debesh has tremendous patience. Walter bees days vet on Truva. So Debesh will keep it quiet and allow the person a tremendously long period of time to fix it up and do Truva. Basement red vegan day, but when we start sharing that story, on Dos Kumtaris Begolin Oilamadibur, which now means that the story has entered the world of speech, which is a revealing energy. Then we've exposed the person, we could attract negative attention and actually harm them because words have a power. They, they have to, in a sense, be fulfilled. And then there's another lesson. The fact that the Ebershah didn't word that, that terrible thought of devastation it's because Eibushter thought really carefully what to do. It doesn't only mean that Eibushter said, okay, I'm going to keep it to myself. I have a very negative thought about the humanity, but I'm not going to share it. Now, Eibushter thought it over, so to speak, whatever that means, to ensure that there was no mental resolution that the people deserved to, to, to be destroyed. The thought process was a rejection, a remorseful thought process. Without a thought of what to do. And because, as Rashi points out, the key factor over here is that David says, but I made these people. That switched what could have been a negative thought process to a positive thought process. To allow Noach and family to survive. That's also a lesson for each of us. You might see another person and think like the Ebershah did. This person's in a bad way. And it's just this obsessive behavior driven by the Yitzhar. When we recognize that every yid is handcrafted by Hashem, then we should not make some determination in our head about them. Not even as in a thought. We have to find the positive in them. Consider this. The Ebershah knows what's really going on in people's hearts. And the Ebershah doesn't misjudge a human. So when the Ebershah judged that humanity had become vile and evil, it was obviously true. But Abish was absolutely clear not to turn that into a definite decision. How much more so? We can often misread a situation and misunderstand a person. We dare not stick 
our heads in a particular direction and say, that person is bad. I'm writing them off or defining them in a particular box. Because it's really likely that things are not as they appear to us. Okay, so the Mishnah, as the Mishnah Prekavis Paskins, have a don as kol ha'odom lechavzchus. We always have to judge every single person favorably. And it's a shame when we do that for others, they will do it for us too.